0: this is so true um, you know in our community specifically we speak so much about the dangers of the internet which are so true and so real but the flip side is just as powerful
1: I don't have myself on the back too much but what I'm a natural gift I think that I have is I see people's potential um, I think that's kind of what helped me know that I should be a psychologist you will begin to love your nine-to-five with this show join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host Shmuel Septimus
0: welcome to this next episode of the love your nine-to-five show as we've mentioned in last episode we are now doing our jworkin.com series where we are interviewing professionals in various industries to give you a better idea of what it's actually like a day in the life of a professional in that industry what are the skills necessary to be successful and and uh, what can you really expect um, in those types of roles so joining me today from Toms River New Jersey is clinical psychologist Dr. Docti- Dr. Ellie Weinschneider who's going to share with us just some of and help us understand just some of these concepts so Dr. Weinschneider welcome to the show and um, we really. Nice to be here. Yeah, sure. Uh, no, we really appreciate you taking some time. I know that you're busy, um, and I'm not a client yet. <laughs> uh, and you're going to share with us a little bit of what it's like, um, being a you know being a clinical psychologist. And I really appreciate that. Now, just if we can start off, if you can just share with us a little bit, how long have you been in your current role? How long have you been doing this for? So we can understand a little bit about your experience level.
1: Okay. Um, I started going to school about more than 20 years ago. So it's been a long journey. Okay. Um, I finished about 15, 16 years ago. And I uh, was licensed in Chicago. I lived in Chicago before I moved to New Jersey. So I, I was licensed in Illinois for a bunch of years. And then I came here to New Jersey and I've been licensed. I've been working here for about nine, ten years
0: okay so it's fair to say that it's pretty fair to say that, that you're not new to this um was this your first you know um job that you ever had in your career you went straight to this or was there a journey and and if there was a journey tell us how that was
1: okay it was a uh, career-wise this is my first this is my first step into the career world was as a psychologist Um okay. it's it's something it's a personal journey it's you know something that i thought about long and hard I was a teenager, I, was a, young, I was a young adult in my early 20s, and I decided to go ahead and pursue this sportively as soon as I came back. You know, even before, I, I started this before I got married, so it was in my early 20s when I started. Um, I was the youngest person in my program. It's something that I thought about long and hard. I consulted with people that I really value, and I was told, hey, go for it. At the end of the day, I enjoy helping people, and it's a way that I can make, um, hopefully, a living doing just that got it
0: so got it. that's why I got into this field but right so it seems so for you read the journey basically you started off knowing clearly that this is where you wanted to go and obviously I mean you're simplifying to what your journey actually looked like but how was it so clear to you that this is exactly what you wanted to do
1: well actually this, I'd like to share this with your audience um, it wasn't clear be quite honest, as I was going through school, which was a long journey, five, six years, there's always a little voice in the back of my head that says, hey, are you sure you want to do this? It's too hard, it's too long, it's too, are you, you know, who knows? And I basically would have to tell that little voice, leave me alone, <laughs> and march forward. And that's, you know, you know, you never know. You don't have a crystal ball, so you can't always know that you're going to something that's right. But it's called taking calculated risk and moving forward in life. Otherwise, you you end up just sitting back and going, gee whiz, what should I do? What should I do? Which is not a way to live life.
0: Okay. So, I mean, obviously you can't can't constantly uh, be second-guessing yourself. um, And you can't constantly um, be asking yourself if this is the right thing, if this is not the right thing. So you kind of started moving forward. But what was it? The reason why I'm asking this is not just um, to find out a little bit about your past, which is important for our listeners to know who they're listening to. But if I'm trying to figure out if this is for me, So you said, you know, you always kind of knew that this was for you. I have friends, everyone thinks that they're a great psychologist. Everyone thinks that they look at someone else, they know exactly why everyone does what they're doing, but yet not many people actually become psychologists and many of them are not successful. But you knew this was always your passion. So how how did you really identify that? And more importantly, if I'm listening to this or if I'm watching this on YouTube and I'm trying to figure out if being a clinical psychologist or anything in the mental health field is correct for me, is there any way for me to go through the process? Like, can you, can you break it down a little bit of what it might look like to, for me to know, to make that decision? And just to be clear, it's not, I, I'm clear that it's not for me. Now you could go.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, just like you're saying, it's not clear. It's clear. that It's not for you. For mm-hmm. some people, it's a big question mark in their head. Um, the way to clarify that is to ask yourself if you have the patience for it, that's number one. Um, it's an interesting field, and what I, I just, I've, I've been around for a while, so I've got the chance to supervise a lot of people and consult with a lot of people on this. And the way I look at it is my profession is definitely a science and an art. That's the way I look at it. Not everyone yeah. will agree with that. Some people debate. But I look at it as a science and an art. So anybody can do anything. The example: The personal example I give is I know that I could become an accountant if I wanted to but it is so against my nature. I don't think I'll be good at it. If I'm stubborn enough, I can make it happen. You no, know, I'm determined, I can be studious, I'll make it through, but I would never enjoy it, I would never be passionate, and I would never even be masterful at it. So, when pursuing any career, you have to ask yourself, is this something that I'm passionate about, that I, do I care about people? Do I find people fascinating, or <laughs> would I rather avoid people at all costs? If you find people interesting, you care about them, and you wonder what makes people tick, and whenever you read anything about, about psychology or about human behavior, um, it, it grabs your attention, that's a good litmus test. And that'll tell you that you probably are cut out to, this to some degree. It's uh-huh. no one's a ball, like I said, but that should tell you a lot. And what you're also gonna have to ask yourself is, can I handle it? Um, it is a lot. I'll tell you personally, when I, before I started this journey, when I was back you know, in Neshibah Israel years ago, mm-hmm. I went over to know, um, someone who I really respect, a nice long white beard. I said, hey, how do I know that this is something that I could and should do? Um, and he gave me a good parable that I try to live with. And he said, there's two ways to look at life. You, you know, we'll compare you to a, a bucket of water, and your job is to water and nourish everything that's around you. And there's two ways to go about that. Either You can take a bucket and pour and pour and pour, until everything around you is flourishing, you're running on empty. Or what you could do is keep pouring into the bucket and you pour water into the bucket until it overflows. And then you're full and everything around you is flourishing as well. And that was his advice. You know, take good care of yourself as a human being, make sure you're a growing, happy, healthy, thriving human being, and then you'll be able to be there for others.
0: Wow. Wow. So that definitely helps when it comes to the field of mental health. that, that could apply I'm just thinking out loud that that could apply to um, lots of other areas of life as well by you know working on yourself and becoming that you know that person people want to be around but going back uh, you know in a very practical way so if, if I'm embarking on either a career change or if I'm trying to figure out initially which career is correct for me so you know the name of the podcast is the love your 9 to 5 show it's not for no reason is because I sincerely believe and I know that there are various sources Jewish and otherwise uh, that, that show that you will be super successful at that which you're naturally gifted at yes like you said you could become an accountant and you may be good at it you may excel to some extent but it's not a natural fit and you're you're partially breaking your personality to be able to do what you need to do and there's some things in life you have to do that for whether or not you like doing it but if this is going to be the way that you're choosing to contribute. And to bring value to other people, you want it to be in a way that's naturally you. And you were fortunate to see and be conscious of the signs um, that this was that this is something you always fascinated about. Um, you know, for example, a question that people are asked is: If you had your paycheck coming in consistently from another source, you won the lottery, you're getting paid now for the rest of your life, you don't have to worry about paying bills forever, would you still sit down? with do whatever you do so in your case would you still sit down and invite people take cash and talk to them and try to understand their personalities uh, based on your response that you said before I'm putting words in your mouth now but yeah you would you're genuinely fascinated in what makes them tick you generally want to help them solve their problems and you have the patience uh, to deal with patients <laughs> to deal with the to deal with their issues and their problems and and that's a natural fit so for a listener or a viewer who's trying to make the same decision if you can relate to that and if you're the person whenever you're at some sort of social event um you end up you know making that deep connection with somebody or maybe that's not the best uh example but if this is something that you can identify with then then that would probably be a good indication this might be for you am i misquoting you and changing things or is that pretty much uh what you're saying
1: no i would have to agree with that and you know like you said just by by the name of your soul love your nine to five that does say a lot i do think that's a good indicator what you want to do is take your take your natural innate abilities and run with it not spend your whole life fighting that ideally.
0: so, so um, okay uh, so you see definitely see so definitely want want that to work now if someone uh, so again so i'm trying to figure out if, if uh psychology or mental health is for me in my brain i'm not a psychologist Um, I will not disclose uh, how frequently I visit one if I do but what what I will say is that from a layman's perspective I assume the life of a psychologist is that they have some sort of home office maybe they rent a space somewhere people come in they share they open up and they share whatever it is that they share their professional gives advice listens does whatever they do and they go home and it's pretty much it is mostly that one-on-one interaction makes up most of the day. So is that true, is that not true? What's it really like, you know, to spend the day doing what you do?
1: It's a great question, a very a very important question. For the most part, yes, what you just described is my daily life. I, I get to spend a lot of one-on-one time with people. Um, sometimes I see couples, I see like a kid, and, and then mostly parents, I do a lot of parenting. But you're right, for the most part, I'm working with an individual with an individual unit. A family or a mar- marital unit, and I'm working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is fascinating. It is interesting, and it's rewarding. It really is. Um, and you know what I'm hoping for is that when I help the person in front of me or the couple in front of me, that I'm am planting seeds that will hopefully last a li- lifetime and go beyond that even. So it, it is rewarding, fulfilling. Um, and that's what a psychologist's job would like for the most part. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, go ahead, please.
0: No, I'm saying that's for the most part. So, what is the remainder of the day like?
1: So, here's what I'm. I don't. I guess it's after being in the field for a while. I've always I've always wanted to do more for the for the for the greater good of of my community and and The world at large. Mm-hmm. Um, at one time, I went actually to visit with my wife to a great rabbi here in Lakewood, New Jersey, Seattle Solomon. And I said to him, "You know, I feel as if I'm spitting at a great inferno. Um, you know, I give him try to give him that imagery where you know this big room on fire, and I'm spitting at it. And okay, I'm helping over here. I'm you know it's a splash over here, a splash over there. But I'd like to do more than that." And he basically, he heard me, um, but he, it was a, I guess I'll leave the conversation for another time. Basically, what he tried to tell me is, you know, you can't, it's not for you to finish the whole job. You're not gonna change the whole mankind, which is absolutely true, but it wasn't, honestly, I have a hard time swallowing it because I do believe, and I hope that everyone out there believes, that they can impact the world in a very large, powerful way. Um, and by you, I, by everyone um, changing the, their little corner of the world and making it a better place, we it has a tremendous, amazing ripple effect.
0: Okay, so I mean, so from what I'm understanding from the question is that basically you're saying is that you're spitting on that inferno, and I love that. I mean, I see that in front of me, um, and there might even be you know hundreds or thousands of other people spitting at it. But even if you have the whole fire department, or a whole city doing that, it's probably not going to be very effective. The proof of the pudding is that we don't have spitters as part of any fire department because it's just not an effective way of putting out fires. So, but your question really is, you know, you're limited based on the, what we just described. It's basically one-on-one interactions. The question was, how could you make a bigger effect? How can you impact more people? And I know we discussed this, um, you know, before the show, uh, but there definitely are ways that you can do that even more. I mean, now with, as 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 exciting and as powerful and sometimes dangerous internet is there's the now you can create content that is instead of just waiting for someone to actually make an appointment and sit with them one on one you know there's obviously books that could be written there are courses that could be made there are podcasts that you know that could be shared and youtube videos that could be shared there is really a way i mean there's so many people so much less qualified than some you know than you who have made a great impact some of them in in very unimportant fields such as gaming and you know on you know uh, video editing and all sorts of other stuff but if these people have impacted hundreds of thousands of people you know really and this is really something i believe in very strongly which is part of the reason why i'm interviewing these professionals such as yourself um, but the point of this is that through having these conversations the, what this conversation we're having right now can really impact so many more people that this one conversation if you have a few people who are genuinely contemplating you know a career change and they're really trying to figure out is this right for me is this not right for me i don't know what mental health is what is it really like and they're going to be listening to this conversation and they're going to be watching this video and they're going to be saying wow now that's the type of person that does it that's the personality i think that could be good for me also They may reflect on their youth and say, I was the one who went over to that person at all those events that maybe other people didn't want to socialize with because I was fascinated what made them, you know, beat uh, whatever, drum to their own beat, what made them tick differently than everybody else. And they may actually pursue a career in mental health and affect all their people. So now you just created another spitter and, you know, you may create multiple other spitters. and, you know, this is really, I'm sorry, I'm getting worked up here a little bit, but this is so true. Um, you know, in our community specifically, we speak so much about the dangers of the internet, which are so true and so real. But the flip side is just as powerful. Um, I'm going off on a tangent here for a minute, but my father-in-law, of blessed memory, used to say um, that when you know when Mashiach is going to come, you know when the final redemption will happen, it's going to happen through the uh, advances of technology. We'll be able to communicate all together in a very powerful way. But getting back, bringing the conversation back um, over here, if there's someone who's um, trying to understand a little bit what it's like, there's so many, there, there's a tremendous stigma when it comes to mental health, and people think lots of interesting things about mental health providers and about those who seek their services. So what, what would mm-hmm. you say is the number one myth, and let's bust it right here and explain how it's not true. What do people think about mental health providers or about the need to seek med- uh, mental health Guidance from those providers.
1: Well, I don't know if this is the number one myth, but I guess this is the number one thing that that grates me the wrong way. So I'll share that with you. Good. Um, but, um, what irks me greatly is that there's a notion out there among therapists and the people that come and get therapy services that there's something wrong with me. I'm defective. I'm messed up, and therefore I have to go seek help. And this great wise person is going to tell me how messed up and defective I am, and take a lot of money from me, and then that'll confirm my belief, which I already knew, really, but now I'm not beyond the shadow of a doubt that I really am <laughs> defective, and beyond much help. Maybe this person and their great wisdom and patience will help me. You know, try to float and pretend that I'm normal, which is obviously you hear my voice dripping with with bitterness and cynicism. I I, I loathe. That. I love that approach. It so let me let, let me play devil's advocate, advocate.
0: Uh, for a minute. Why is that incorrect?
1: Um, you know what? It's a choice. Let's not go to correct and incorrect. That's a choice, in my opinion, a very poor choice of a way that you can one can look at themselves. What I try to share with people is that you can't look at yourself like that, but it's going to lead to life misery. And then, the best you can hope for. Is to try to pretend that you're a normal, half decent human being. A, a much healthier way to look at yourself. Whether you have a true blue diagnosis, let's say a fellow does have a person has depression, or or bipolar, or a personality disorder, or they have learning disabilities, or ADHD, or whatever. Pick pick, pick, a, pick an acronym, pick a diagnosis. But you can look at yourself, God forbid, as a miserable human, a human being. Or what I what I try to encourage people to look at themselves as an amazing, incredible person who, by definition, is imperfect. And your job, your task, is to tra- take the strengths, that you, the God-given innate abilities and strengths that you've been given and to run with it and make the most of yourself with it. Of course you have your flaws. For the rest of us, you think strengths are perfect? <laughs> I have plenty of flaws. Plenty of flaws. Um, the goal is to try to perfect ourselves throughout our lives and become a better and better human being.
0: Well, so uh, So that's pretty powerful because because the the stigmas there also there there are so many. You know, sometimes some people are too generous in dishing out and labels for for any. I'm talking as a father. I'm talking specifically about children. Um, and then if someone merits to get any sort of acronym that does not uh reflect any advanced education, then automatically, yeah, it's like somewhat handicapped. So if someone's physically handicapped, they might need a wheelchair, they might need therapy, physical therapy. So this person has, has a mental or emotional problem and that they need their sort of adaptive equipment in order for them to deal with life, which may be true that there's a necessity um, to, obviously there's a necessity to deal with it, but by viewing, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm trying, to, I'm processing this at the same time, but by viewing themselves as defective, they're doing themselves and probably everyone around them a great disservice. Oh, yeah. um, do you find i'm thinking out loud do you find that people who successfully work through um one of these challenges um either work through it and come out the other side with a, a manageable uh, system to deal with life or or even if they don't work through it and they still have it and they still have to deal with it do you find that they're better and stronger people as a result or do they just get back to where everybody else started
1: well again i know i'm oversimplifying i feel that 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 is vast. I mean, there's nothing more complex than a human being, right? You know the greatest computer they'll ever come out with doesn't touch the, the toes of a human being. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean to oversimplify it. if I had to I'm gonna stick to my guns over here. If I could just flip that switch, I can crawl until it follows that with a screwdriver, I just flip that one switch where they start to see themselves as a good person, um, that will make the difference. So, you know i I know I'm not perfect I'm told, you know, till I'm six feet under, I'm not going to be perfect. My job is to be okay with not being perfect while still pursuing the journey. Um, if you ask your superhero, whoever he may be, you know, if you have someone that you greatly admire and you say, sir, ma'am, excuse me, do you think you're perfect? They'll laugh at you. They'll build or cry one or the other. It's, it's it, you know, if someone really, really, really believes they're perfect, then please give them my business card.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but but what what I'm driving at here is if someone comes in, let's pick depression, and someone is not functioning well because they they were told that they're depressed. They think that they're depressed. They went to someone else who said you're depressed. We can't help you, and they come into you. I am a depressed person, and then you work with them. You work them through it, and now they have some sort of system with which they can function in a healthy way, and they come out the other end either they they no longer wear that label or they wear it proudly or they they have some sort of uh framework to deal with life do you find that that in other words uh, the biggest success case for you or for any mental health professional is it bringing that person who had a problem back up to where everybody else is or do you think that's possible that they can even exceed what we would consider normal and i guess of course this is oversimplifying things but my real question is: Do you see people that, through overcoming that challenge, that they that they become greater people, and they can even be ahead of what you would call a regular normal person? Uh,
1: okay. Thank Thank you for spelling it out. I, so I would ha- I would take option B. <laughs> In other words, the way I look at it is, I'll give you a, a visual. This is the way I think of it. I I, I imagine myself on top of a bell curve.
0: Now, okay. i remember
1: what bell looks a little bit. It's you know. So I imagine myself. Yeah. I think I'm a pretty half decent normal person. So I kind of imagine myself in the middle of the, standing on the middle of the bell curve. Okay. And some folks I deal with. My job is to take them and drag them and try to get them toward, drag them towards the middle. Try to try to, you know, to, to the to the main standard deviation where most most people are. That's okay. my job with some people. And then with other people, my job is to stand in the middle of this bell curve and shove them, get behind them and shove them towards the positive tail of the bell towards greatness. Um, and, and I love that. I love when I'm able to take a person and, and help them like, recognize they're a decent person, a good person even, a, a powerhouse of potential, and then shove them towards greatness. It's, it's, there's nothing more rewarding than that. So I hope that answers your question, absolutely. A person who, once they get their momentum going and they start moving and making changes, you know if they
0: could just keep that moving it's unbelievable how far they can go in life. Okay. So that really <laughs> took me right to, to my next question, which really was what is the most rewarding part um of your job? What is the, when you come home and you just said today was one of those absolutely amazing days. Um and what do you do when it's not so amazing to you know to be able to get through?
1: Okay, those are two very heavy questions. Yes. <laughs> so first I'll take the fun one. You All know, right. The the one that we hope for is Um, It it is when when you see someone and you see the growth that they've made and uh, you know, I have to do this in my own hand The the clients that I work with I recommend they do the same You know I tell them as an example if I'm trying to lose weight You know if I if I had a good breakfast and lunch today I get on the scale and I go what I didn't lose 20 pounds I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not reality. The reality is is if if you push yourself in a healthy direction for a nice period of time And then you look back and you look back three four five months ago. You go whoa a lot has happened over there, so um, it's it's beautiful for me. I have it, it's very rewarding when I have those moments with, with clients, and we reflect back as to where they were and where they are. And mm-hmm. there's magical moments like that when they realize how their marriage changes, when it has changed, when they realize how you know the, the connection that they have with their kids is so much greater. Just the relationship they have with themselves is so much more peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not punishing themselves. They're not running away from themselves. They, those moments are, are gold to me. And they, you know, then I drive home, and I leave my little office, and I go drive home, and I feel good about what I'm doing. It's very mm-hmm. beautiful. Well, wow. and there's hard moments too. There's the hard moments too. <laughs> the hard moments too. You know, I don't deal. In, years ago, I worked in Behavioral Health Hospital. You know, with people with more significant mental illness and and harder places in life. That was that was a more difficult uh, clientele.
0: So you talking about people people are trying to harm themselves and suicidal ideation and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, uh, I've worked with people who are suicidal, self injury, which is not necessarily suicidal at all. Just you know, a, a painful, painful, awful way of expressing pain, releasing yeah. pain. Actually, um, I've dealt with people with eating, sort of, that's really not my forte at all. Mm-hmm. I dealt with teenagers. Substance abuse, um, so that those you know are people in different stages of life, different areas of life, different levels of care. Is what we call it. So, the level of care that I have, you don't tend to run into that too often. Which
0: is mm-hmm. Interesting. So, but seeing someone,
1: seeing
0: someone with that level of pain, though, uh, apparently that's something which is difficult for you. Is that is that, is that the the answer to the question? Now, the the difficult part, the things that. Right. Go ahead.
1: Actually, for years, I I I I do I did and do still get a lot of those referrals um, because I have the I have the patience for that. The goal is different over there. You know, if you have someone who's severely severely depressed, you know, you're not trying to get them to run a marathon. You're trying to get them to you know walk around the block at best. Right. Um, So if a person isn't, God forbid, in such a deep Depression. the Goals to just get them to do basics like survival. You know, survival, and you know, I, I nicely will say it, but like, how about you know, how we take a shower this week? <laughs> how about you just go outside? You know, you can go outside at two o'clock in the morning. It's also something, and just just breathe in the air a little bit, look at the stars a little bit. You know, how are you going to just smile at someone, and say hello and good morning? It, it's sad, but if you can, you have the patience for that. It, it's it's. Slow as molasses. It's really like watching paint dry. But wow. if, if you if you can cheer them on, that's also very rewarding. I've seen people with very significant mental illness, let's say schizophrenia, who are functioning. They're uh-huh. functioning, and they're part of the world, and the world starting to smile back at them more. So that that's also rewarding, but it's a different. It's a different pace, and mm-hmm. different. The goals are different.
0: So I mean, you mentioned so, that you get some of those referrals, and I'm sure you get others too. Is there any particular area? You know, within mental health, that you gravitate towards, and that you know that's your sweet spot, Um, mm-hmm. and the area that you know you really like focusing on.
1: Well, I, I I am eclectic, so I've been, like I said, I've been doing this for a while. But um, what I re- where my heart really is, and God willing, this is what I really hope to focus on a lot more is it's growth. I I, I want to be fo- much more focused on prevention, and it goes back to my inferno that I was talking about before. You know, simply said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that's really where I want to, you know, focus my energies. So I'm hoping to spend, I am spending a lot, but private time thinking and writing. And I hope to do a lot more in areas of three areas, really personal growth, parenting, and marriage. Um, I really, uh, that's, that's, you asked me for my sweet spot. That's what I love. So I love talking about it. I get passionate about it. And I intend to do a lot more in that area
0: okay so maybe we'll talk privately afterwards <laughs> uh, but i see so and when you say growth you're talking about personal you're not talking about you're talking about personal growth for of your clients i assume
1: yeah okay how can i you know the individual that i see you said it nicely before i don't want people to walk out of my office just being satisfied with being okay maybe maybe i should be okay with that but i'm not i i i, I don't pat myself on the back too much but what i'm a natural gift I think that I have is I see people's potential. Um, I think that's kind of what helped me know that I should be a psychologist. I see the beauty of people in front of me, usually better than they do, um, and I'm not okay with them just being okay. I want more for them, and my I try to get them hungry for that. I try to get them motivated to to do more with their lives, and not, again, not but to live out my dreams because then I'll be happy with their lives. My job is to patiently help them explore their own, again, their own gifts that that were God given to them and take that and actualize that.
0: Wow. So that goes back, I mean, similar to what you said before, that, you know, if your goal was you were able to identify for them, what is it that is so fantastic about their potential and how they have the ability and the responsibility to actually go explore it, uh, you know, mine it and bring it out and actualize it, then I could imagine that after uh you know a period of time has elapsed and you've been seeing someone consistently and helping them grow along the, you know along the journey and then boom like wait one second let us let, you know let's measure the pant size you were this big before and now you you you've come down and, you know and you look at the growth i mean i could imagine how rewarding uh you know that must be now if we could just shift gears um, mm-hmm. um just for a moment to the business aspect uh of what you do so i mean from the professional standpoint um, I think we have a pretty good idea of what it's all about. Um, as far as um, if someone's uh, trying, you know, again, we're, we're researching this field. Is it right for me? Is it not right for me? Is there any like go-to resource that you would say uh, maybe a particular website or or, or maybe, a, you know, some sort of personality or a certain book or something which would really give someone, a, you know, a much better understanding of what it's like, not the general, the field of mental health, but more specifically, as being a mental health provider or is there a resource that's been very helpful to you as a provider that you keep on referring back to?
1: Good question.
0: The answer doesn't have to be yes.
1: Right. No, uh, nothing. You're asking for practical tool that'll help people you know, think about it. Hey, should I be going to this field or not? It's mm-hmm. not what jumped in minds. I'll tell you two, two, um, that I tell people to look at. Um, I tell them to Google. They're not going to read a book because people don't read books much anymore. But um, Mans for Victor you know, Frankl has a book, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, that's a very powerful book. You know, in a nutshell, real quickly, is a psychiatrist um, who went through the Holocaust. And after the Holocaust, he sat down. Actually, people don't know this, He wrote that book Man's for, Man's Search for Meaning in about nine days. Um, he just poured his heart and his soul into that. Brings to obviously, and it's, it's a masterpiece.
0: Well, um,
1: yeah, masters for meaning. So even if you just Google it, some of the quotes that he has, they're very, very powerful, and makes you again. The idea is that we have a need for meaning and purpose in our lives, um, and if a person can relate to that and understand that about the human psyche, um, that that says something. If you read it, if a person reads it and they go, "Okay, that was interesting," but next. I kind of wonder <laughs> if people belong in this field. And then so my.
0: Someone reads it and they're blown away by it. So then I guess you're saying that then it's, it's worth uh, pursuing further. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, okay. I, would, I would argue that 90% of human beings should be blown away by that. Okay. Um, but if you're 10%, you definitely don't belong on this field. Got
0: it. All right. What's the second one?
1: <laughs> um, then my favorite psychologist is is a guy, Dr. Carl Rogers. long on. Um okay. he was he created that uh, called client-centered therapy. um and basically it's it's just a it's the elegant, simple, healthy way of looking at human being and human potential. He's in my opinion, he's the most underrated psychologist ever. And we have well, obviously talk; everyone talks about Freud and a lot of other great thinkers, but um, I think he was simple and brilliant. and this say about any field, if you really want to understand it, you know if you went to the astrophysicist, and say, hey, can you tell me a little bit about your field? If you can't explain it in two, three minutes, that means there's something missing up there. So Carl Rogers is that genius to me who can tell you how to look at a human being very simply and elegantly. Um, so that's who I think about a lot. So again, if someone wants to go to the field, I would tell them, Google Carl Rogers, read up. You know, you don't have to spend on 20 minutes, 15 minutes, um, but that should tell you a, little, a lot about it. And then practically about the fields, you know, look around. Um, there are, you know, this the way I look at it is in every field, there are people who do extremely well and extremely not well. Um, if At the end of the day, if you are passionate about what you do and you're good about what you do, your reputation follows you. So if you love your nine-to-five, as you would say, you're very likely to be successful. If it's something that you put up with because you're decent at it, you're not going to put your heart and soul into it. And that being extremely successful is, you know, I guess that's just off the chance.
0: Okay, excellent. I mean, we'll definitely put, a, definitely put a link to both of those books in the show notes. And I know you said that people don't read any book anymore, but I know I read a lot through audiobooks. And I know a lot of other people who also read through audiobooks, especially in the car, can speed them up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's well, a whole new, that's why I love podcasting so much because I love consuming podcasts.
1: Right.
0: So yeah. yeah so, that, right. so that's definitely another way. Uh, that's definitely another way of getting your foot in the door. Now, let's just say one more. Uh, like from a business perspective, um, if someone I, you know, I went through the whole process. I got trained. I opened up my office, and now I'm like waiting for the door to, you know, something to knock on the door and the phone to ring. Is there any particular way? I mean, obviously, you said that if you, you know, the more you really love it and the more you really into it, and your reputation follows you and all that. But is there any way to kind of like when you're really starting off in your career, the very first step um, of, of mm-hmm. kind of hanging up your shingle and letting people know that you're open for business to start trickling in, um, you know, a flow of clients. And I assume that if you're very successful with a client, I'm assuming that they're comfortable sharing that they work with you, which may not be the case. But if sure. someone asks them in confidence, you know, someone who knows that they work with you or, you know, what do you think about Dr. Weinschneider? i'm sure they'll they'll sing your praise i mean i could imagine if i was going through a depression and it affected my basic living and and i was healed so to speak where i was given a framework to function as someone who's genuinely suffering the same thing obviously i would share your praises but going back uh, i'm brand new i just hung up my shingle how do i try to start to get the flow going
1: well i years ago someone told me to hit it they say Van Gogh, you've heard of Van Gogh, amazing painter, artist, you know, his his, his works are very, <laughs> hundreds of thousands, if not millions, I don't know how much, but mm-hmm. they said that he never sold a painting in his life, he never sold a painting in his life, which hit me hard when I heard that. In other words, you could be the best therapist in the world, but if you, you know, live in your little office and don't talk to anyone and no one knows you, you can live and die as the best therapist in the world, potentially, but it out there so you do have to market yourself um, I think it has to be done very very wisely and in a way that's not disrespectful to yourself um, I'm not a big fan of ambulance chasing but I am a big fan of talking to people and, and putting your getting your name out there in a way that you can see the good work that you do um, and again like you, you mentioned before you know if you want a great podiatrist Sing his praises her praises to the world why not share that with your neighbors and friends mental health is a little bit more private there's more stigma attached to it so right. you know even though you're you know you may have a great reputation it takes a long time for the reputation to flourish but again if you talk to people who you think are going to be good referral sources which could be you know clergy uh, medical professionals schools uh, community centers there are if, if you go out there and and make yourself known if you, if you give psychology away. In other words, if you share what your knowledge and your abilities with people, it will come back to you. That's the way I look at it. So I don't want a quick, a get-rush-quick scheme. I don't have one.
0: No, <laughs> not, not, uh, not looking for one. But what I will say, though, is that the old school of thinking in all professional services is you know to hold your cards you know close to your chest and not give away anything, let someone figure out your trade secrets, and then all of a sudden your livelihood is taken up. But with the, um, with, with the general atmosphere of, of the internet age and with people being so open and transparent, uh, maybe perhaps too transparent, but it, obviously professionally, um, people are giving away so much. I'm finding the opposite effect. Is Not only that, there are some people who have, so, have sold specifically in, in online courses. Some, uh, some people have made hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars doing this. They've said that some of their best stuff, they gave away for free. And still people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, paid more to get the little extra bit because of the handholding mm-hmm. because by getting all that free content and by they uh, developed that real relationship with the creator of the content and therefore mm-hmm. they they knew that if this person is offering them the 10 step system to do X, they know this person is not a cheat, not a scam. There's plenty of those out there. But after mm-hmm. having developed that relationship, they're happy to spend $500 with this person because they're confident they're going to get that result. So by sharing with yourself with like you said with community members and in public forums and kind of just sharing the wealth and people seeing that you really know what you're talking about or coming on a podcast and going onto youtube and you know sharing information obviously that can be very beneficial um last thing if people second to last thing if people want to follow you and to be in touch with you what is the number one best way for them to reach out to you directly if they want to work with you or if they have any further questions
1: okay they could always um I have a little website which I need to develop further, but choose to transform.com. Um, I, I picked that myself years ago and kind of created a website and let it kind of sit there. But choose to transform.com. You can always call my office number, 732 370 3066. And you could email me at ew at choose to transform.com.
0: Okay. Okay, excellent. Um, any final parting words? um to the our listener who's going through this journey and deciding if if uh career and mental health is for them any any final uh words of advice before we let you go
1: well i i really honestly i really love the top the title of your show love your nine to five i would highly encourage you know whoever's out there and thinking about what they want to pursue is ask yourself what would you love to be doing money will follow so Really, what would you love to be doing? What do you think you could take your, your natural innate abilities and help them flourish, and, and just flourish, run with it? Um, use your imagination. Use your creativity. Think back to your past, what you used to be passionate about, um, and dig deep inside, and you'll find some. You'll find a lot of some, probably. And then the question is how to make a living off of it. Okay, that's a practical question. When you look deep down inside, you'll find the
0: yeah, I mean, what you just said is so amazing and obviously, like you said, that is the name of the show. Um, you know, currently I'm a nursing home administrator and I've, and I've interviewed so many people uh, for various positions. And there's one particular person who, um, who I interviewed, she was in finance for many years and she said how terrible of a fit it was. And now finally, after wrecking a marriage and, you know, having a pretty complex life, she laid in her voice. She finally finalized her dream to become a nurse and now she's starting her career. When I asked her why didn't... And she even commented, like, I wish I would have done this straight out of high school. I said, why didn't you do that? What was holding you back? You knew you wanted to do it. Even then she knew it. But, you know, her father was in finance and her uncles were. And it was just like self-understood. You know, other people projected their values and what maybe was, was a good fit for them onto her. And she was never able to express herself until life forced her to step into her own shoes. And she was a sole provider for her family. And she had to do what really worked. And um, you know sometimes I I wish that I could go back and you know my parents didn't have iPhones when I was growing up they still don't Um, but I wish that I could watch the video of me as a child or if every one of us could watch ourselves as a three-year-old who could not care less about what anyone thinks of them they're not worried about their image they're not worried about what they're gonna eat they're not worried about sleeping they're completely in their own world no inhibitions, and they're just doing, they're expressing themselves so naturally. Sometimes I see that in my own mm-hmm. children. Like, wow, this person, th- you know, this son is so gifted in this area. I hope that he remembers this and stays with this, and, and no one, hopefully not me, and if I, <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that afterwards, but hopefully that no one holds them back from expressing themselves in the in the right way in the area that's naturally them. Anyways, I'm going on on a rant. I've mentioned this before on the podcast also, so some of the listeners are very familiar with this. But really, thank you so much for coming on the Love You to 5 Show. Thank you for sharing some of your content, you know, and some of your wisdom so generously uh, with our listeners. And I really hope that through this conversation, that if we help even one person who's on the fence as to either to seek professional help, and this helps remove the stigma, or if someone really realizes that, that this is not for them, that they don't go in, that's also a tremendous accomplishment. And and the other way too is someone realizes that this is for them and that they go and they take the leap and they're successful I, I mean that would you know it's already worth our time just for that so again thank you so much for coming Absolutely. on I appreciate it
1: my pleasure thank you very much I really appreciate it take care